When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Rank week continues here at CHGO Sports. And today on CHGO Blackhawks, we're going to rank the 10 most memorable Blackhawks playoff games. Pretty much that we can recall with any sort of clarity. <laughs> I guess if we had to put an asterisk on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they're going to be mostly recent-ish games. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. Make sure you smash that like button for us on our YouTube page. Make sure you're following our YouTube channel as well. Same deal on your preferred podcast app. Follow, subscribe, whatever it calls for. And leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts <laughs> or Spotify. We want to reveal before we get to our list, as CHGO this week is counting down the top 25 all-time Chicago athletes, today we revealed numbers 10 through six, and the way it worked was everyone who is employed here at CHGO submitted their top 25, and they built a composite list from there. So you've got some younger voters, some older voters, so you might see some differences between our lists and the overall list. But coming in at number 10 on the top 25 all-time Chicago athletes, Stan Makita, who yesterday we voted as our number one forward in Blackhawks history. Yes. Number nine is Dick Butkus. Mm Mm-hmm. Number eight, Gail Sayers. Yep. Number seven, Scotty Pippen. Sure. Number six, Jonathan Taves, who came in at third on our all-time Blackhawks forwards list yesterday. Yeah. And that's it. Tomorrow, numbers five through one will be revealed, as well as the entire selection show, I guess you would call it, that'll be available (laughs) on all of our platforms. So make sure you check that out. Yeah. I I think uh, Makita and Taves landing in the spots that they did are a fair and i think be reflective of the collective voting i think is mm-hmm. you know besides us voting and how we would vote blackhawks players i think people uh throughout the rest of the company that may not be as deep into the blackhawks history uh of the team but still relative recent history would know who jonathan Taze is know the impact that he had uh here in chicago and that's why he would land a little bit higher uh, than Makita. I did have someone uh, or see somebody say that uh, having Taze at number six and Pippen at number seven is a joke. And that's why I love lists because one spot completely different is an absolute joke in this world. And they said it was because Pippen had six rings and Taze had three. And I replied simply that it is much harder to win a Stanley Cup than it is to win an NBA championship, especially when you have Michael Jordan. And no one wants you in your logic, Mario. Whenever was Scott, <laughs> whenever was Scottie Pippen considered the leader of a team where he and Michael Jordan were on the team? Uh, the only person that believes that is Scottie Pippen himself. True. Who? <laughs> very true. Who 
may have taken a few hockey hits to the head over the years that we were unaware <laughs> about. That's some of the things that have come out of his mouth. Yeah, I'm going to assume, too, years. that Jonathan Taze, with how many seconds left, Joey, did he choose to sit out Scotty Pippen? Was it 1.3 seconds or whatever it was? I am not sure. Because he had a migraine or whatever. But, what is it? Yeah. 1.8 seconds. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was because he had a migraine. I thought it was because they didn't draw the play up for him. Well, he got the migraine. Either way. Coincidental migraine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Give the ball to Tony Kukoc. Oh, I got a headache. I can't go back out there. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, yeah. if we're talking about, again, as you point out all the time, Every player to ever play in Chicago, do not get your panties in a bunch over one spot difference. Or even like five or six. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the, the, the one guy I want to talk about on this bunch is like the ultimate what could have been is Gail Sayers. Yeah. yeah. Imagine if he had knees that like lasted. Yep. Or had modern medical technology that you have nowadays. He could be number he could, two he all He could time. be number two. Easily. Yeah, yeah. He was, I never saw him play, but man, from things I've read, things I've seen, you know, hearing my dad, and my grandfather talk about him was like one of the f- biggest, like freak athletes to ever play. Just ridiculous what he was able to do. And he believed he was better than Walter Payton. Just ask him. Yes, <laughs> I was better than Walter. Yes, I did. Uh, get, I was able to meet Gail Sayers on a couple of occasions. Very nice guy. He is a nice guy. Right. He a very self assured, as he should be. He's well, Gail Effing Sayers. Right. I mean, you score six touchdowns in one game. You should be self assured. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. All right, let's get to our list of the top 10 memorable playoff games in Blackhawks history. 2013 comes in at number one, at number 10, rather. <laughs> game one versus the Bruins. The Hawks win the game 4-3 in triple overtime. They're down 3-1 to one with 13:51 left in the third period. Dave Boland scores at the eight-minute mark. Johnny Oduya scores at the 12-14 mark. And Andrew Shaw wins it at 12:08 of triple overtime. You love shin pads. In that series, man, there's so many memorable moments. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could say on all championship runs of all playoff series, whatever, but that Boston series, for whatever reason, stands out to me the most vividly of all of the playoff series the Hawks had during their Stanley Cup runs. Yeah. It's that one in particular. I think f- for me, it's because th- those were the two teams that I think in the three cup finals were the closest to being like yeah pound for pound evenly matched i think that they had a little bit more of an upper hand in 2010 and 2015 over the lightning and and, and the flyers um still great teams and i even think the lightning lightning had home ice advantage in that series but i think when you squared up rosters blackhawks probably had uh, you would you would argue had a better one but with the but with the bruins that year two years removed from them from from winning the stanley cup um, just the list of, of players that they had, Bergeron, Krejci, Marchand, Rask, uh, Chara. You, Chara, you had Yager on that team. A good Lucic. A good Lucic. Like, it was pound for pound. Those were the two most even rosters in the cup final. I think that's why it made that series so special because every, every game could have gone either way. Yeah, that's what I was talking to Greg before the show, saying I don't really have a lot of vivid memories about the 2015 cup final. Right, like it was a good series, and mm-hmm. there were some good moments and stuff. But, and I, Greg's point was kind of like, well, you kind of knew they were going to win that one. It had the feeling of they were the better team. Yeah, you know. So I think I think that is part of it. If I never felt comfortable in that Boston series at any point. No, we had what three of the six games went to overtime. Yeah, game two went into double overtime. So I mean, you think you know, the, the Bruins get the lucky bounce in game one instead of the Hawks. They're up two nothing going back to yeah. Boston. That's a different series. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of yeah, as you mentioned, out of the three, 
Stanley Cup Finals, that one was the most, like, in question, like, from yeah. start to finish. You know, that game is one of the most memorable for me. It's probably the most memorable playoff game. Not my favorite playoff game, but my most memorable that I'll always look back on because that was the first ever NHL game, regular season, preseason, postseason, that I had press credentials for. So you're going to talk about, like, Stepping into the big time, right? Yeah. Trial by fire. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and I remember, you know, trying so hard to like squash the fan in me. Oh, it's <laughs> tough. And like, I was sitting in the auxiliary press box since there's so much media. They turned section 309 behind uh, the net that the Hawks shoot at the second period into an auxiliary press box where they put, you know, a row of tables. Then you sat in the seat, a row of tables, you know, sat in the seat. I remember when the go the goal went in, it happened in the net right in front of us. And I went under the desk to unplug my laptop. And under the desk, I was like, yeah. And then I popped back up. I was like, what was that? Did you guys hear that? But I didn't feel that bad because in game two, like the rest of my row was guys from like the Providence, Rhode Island newspaper. Mm. And when I, was it Krejci that scored the game winner in game two? I want to, David Krejci sticks out, so. but whoever scored the game winner yeah. in game two, they all stood up and cheered like they were fans. I was like, you dicks. <laughs> like, at least go under the table yeah. like I did last night. Yeah, yeah, have right, some decorum. Right. But yeah, I mean, we talked about the horror stories because you had to do a post game show after. Oh, my that, God. And, and, oh, then be, yeah. and then be at your regular shift. Yeah. I was still working uh, my real job at the time. And so I'll triple overtime, go do all the post game stuff, do a write up. I got home at almost four in the morning and I had to be at my regular job at six in the morning. So I was like, I'm not yeah. going to sleep. I drove yeah, home right. to sleep for an hour. I don't know why I even bothered. I, I was, I thought about Power it and now. I was like, you know what? I'm so like amped up that crash hadn't yeah. happened yet. <laughs> the, the crash happened about an hour and a half into my eight hour shift. <laughs> um, but that was a day where I found a nice quiet spot in the warehouse to take a, like a 45 yeah. minute power nap. Nice. Don't worry. Everybody nice. was up with you. Really? Yeah. Everybody was sure. probably feeling the same way. I, I had school the next day. Yeah. One of the yeah. last days of eighth grade. No, I was going well. to say eighth grade. I was going to say fourth grade. But, yeah. It's good. It's good I memories. My those, on that one. those long playoff games, uh, you know, the, 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 cry di the cry die barf period of hockey, oh, yeah. it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't change any of it the way that, uh, that it did in those 2010s for sure. All right, number nine on our list. This is the only loss on the list. And I'm assuming it made it because I probably had it so high because incredibly memorable for me as I, I was there. I do believe you were the only one that voted for this game. So this is 1996, uh, game four versus the Avalanche. The Hawks lose 4-3 in triple overtime. Uh, they had, Hawks entered the game leading the series two games to one. This is the game where Jeremy Roenick had a clean breakaway and was pulled down. No penalty shot was called. After the game, Jeremy Roenick and Patrick Waugh had like a little war of words where Patrick Waugh said... Tell Jeremy I can't hear what he says. I have my two Stanley Cup rings plugging my ears. My all time that's a great cool. line. So he kind of dunked on Ronick, and Ronick actually responded and said, "Well, that's funny because maybe Patrick forgets that in Game One or Game Two, whatever it was, and I I left his jock up in the rafters or something because he he deked him out of his shorts in the uh, in, a, in another breakaway attempt. Uh, but in triple overtime, it seems like all these overtime goals are very unsatisfying on the losing end, like oh, yeah. Andrew Shaw's shin pads." Yeah. The Joe Saka game winner in that game was also very like, oh. Well, geez. by the time you get to triple overtime, you're just, everybody's so gassed. It's just, just deflection. You're throwing it at yep. the net and hope it hits a skate. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Hawks went on to then lose that series. They lost the next three games in a row. 
Uh, ultimately, game six would be Jeremy Roenick's final game as a Blackhawk, and he left the ice waving, kind of knowing what the future would hold, and the Avalanche won in the win Stanley Cup. In that game, I mentioned this the other day, Eddie Belfour stopped 54 of 57 Avalanche shots. Jeez. They were Incredible. just blitzing the Hawks that game. Yeah. But it, it had that feel of whoever won that series in 96 was going to go on and win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And they didn't. It just wasn't the Hawks, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah it was very the, memorable and very painful. And that's the uh, the curse of a lot of those Blackhawks teams of the 80s and 90s is that they just ran into that one team that was better than them um, that so often ends up going to the final or, or winning the Cup. You know, the 80s Oilers always running into them. Um, so that's just a, it's the curse. Next up on the list, 2009 Game 6 versus the Vancouver Canucks. The Hawks win 7-5. This is an eliminator, Patrick Kane, with the hat trick. Now, I went back, and I remember this game being back and forth, so I wanted, wanted to make sure I had it right. It started off 1-0 Canucks, then it was 1-1, then it was 2-1 Hawks, 3-1 Hawks, 3-2 Hawks, then it was tied at 3, then Vancouver went up 4-3, Hawks tied it again, Vancouver went up 5-4, Hawks tied it again, Hawks went up 6-5, and then ultimately Patrick Kane's hat-trick goal gives the Hawks a 7-5 win. Just a crazy, yeah. crazy chaotic game and one of the many, many moments in Patrick Kane's great playoff career. And, you know, that series was the spark between the Blackhawks and the Canucks in that time and, and that rivalry amping up. And, yeah, I, I remember this game. Uh, I was uh, just finishing – uh, freshman year of, of college and um, yeah just an, an incredible game it was that was that was that that team that was like you know maybe a little bit ahead of their skis in the playoffs mm-hmm. um, but it was you you rode that wave you know getting getting into the second round and taking on the you know a, a deeply talented Canucks team um, and getting that huge game and that was the first time I remember of this kind of era of Blackhawks hockey where it was just like, you just don't count them out. Like they're, they're going to be a team. They have these guys, these young guys at that time have that fortitude to be like, well, you know, it's okay. Well, we're just, well, it's not if it's when we get back into the game and uh, are able to take control of it again. So yeah, that was definitely one of the, uh, one of the best ones of the young, uh, young Blackhawks era. Yeah. I remember being at that game. uh, I was a season ticket holder at the time. And that was like, Talk about the ultimate roller coaster, you know, up and down. You're up two goals, yep. and you're the place is going crazy. You know, everybody hated the Canucks at this point because, you know, you remember March of '09 before the end of that season is where you had that big brawl with the, you know, Alex Alexander Burroughs pulling Duncan Keith's hair and yeah. all that stuff. That really got that going, and then you know, the whole Chelsea dagger in Roberto Luongo's head like that. <laughs> that was going like. Yeah. You know, and every time the Hawks scored, you know, 21,000 people are, are, are singing along to the song. You know, that was back when the song was fresh and yeah. everybody yes. loved hearing yeah, it yeah. and it, it meant something. Um, such a great game. You're, you, you think the series is over and all of a sudden you look up and the Canucks are winning. And you're like, no, 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 we can't do this. It was just such a fun game. Yeah. Fun game. Probably spent like half a paycheck on beer that night, <laughs> but totally worth it. Well, it's too like before. You got to remember, like, these happened before we knew exactly what we had yeah. in these players. And you're seeing Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Like, yeah, Kane had a hat trick. Jonathan Taves had two goals of his own. And you're starting to see 
this whole thing form. And you're like, oh, my God, these guys are yeah. legitimately good. They've got a chance to win. Like, the year before was fun, right? They won a series, and they, it was all right. Then this year, the 09 playoffs, like, okay, they get to the conference final, and then Detroit's like, eh, not yet, yeah, right? right yeah. Like, it's not your time yet, a little pat on the head, you know. Um, but but you knew that they were right there, and that's what made that hostess signing so huge. You're like, oh, my right. God, this is it. Yeah. This is the piece. And uh, But before you got to remember, you got to look at these in the context of the time, and Patrick Kane scoring a hat trick to advance to the conference final was the biggest moments in Hawk hit the biggest moment since the Cup final against Pittsburgh in Hawks history, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it was it was just huge, and and we you know we knew that's when we kind of knew, oh my God, <laughs> these guys are going to be awesome for a long time. And next I can't up, can't wait to have that feeling again. Yeah, yep. Uh, Twenty fifteen, Game Seven versus the Ducks. This was just a hellacious series. Oh, God. And you talk about ones like the Boston series in 2013 where you didn't feel really safe in the game. Uh, that whole series felt like it could have gone either way. Uh, gets to game seven, and as Greg pointed out yesterday, Jonathan Taze very promptly lets the <laughs> Ducks know that their series and season are over. Yeah, he pretty much waved his wang at him and said, season <laughs> over. Like, Hawks, this, is, this is my game. Taze scored two goals in the first 11.55 of the game, and the Hawks went up 4 nothing, uh 13-45 <laughs> through the second. The final score was 5-3 as uh, Anaheim got a couple late goals. Um, but that was it. That Another, like, you talk about the resilience and you talk about the resolve and all those things, and as we talk about Jonathan Taze versus Scottie Pippen, when the moment needed him most, Jonathan Taze was there to deliver it and Absolutely. said, no, we are not losing this series. There's no way we're losing this series. I'm about to do it myself. I would say this series against the Ducks in 2015 rivals the Bruins series in 2013 as the closest uh, series as far as team matchups go. And, and this was, that was a series where Blackhawks were down 3-2 in, in Game 6. Uh, so getting it to a Game 7 and then the performance that they had collectively, especially from Jonathan Taze leading the way, but collectively on the road to just plant the, the, the stake in the ground and say, you know, that we're, we're taking this game uh, was just, again, just a statement when I remember watching this game uh, with, uh, uh, with my wife and our friends. We were in uh, Libertyville, I remember, and it was, can't remember the name of the place, but they had over, over like, booked seating. And so we were actually in their like back alley that they kind of just like put up a like <laughs> random tent and they were like, Oh, here's some tables and chairs back here. It was, it was packed. There was probably like two dozen people back there. Um, so it's, it's just, a, it's along with the games. It's also the memories of yeah. you know, either being at the game or watching it somewhere or who you were with. Like I remember, I remember that game uh, watching it and, and just feeling like that going, going into a game seven in that series that evenly matched of a series and then midway through the first period you're like oh okay can you relax a little bit like you know i think in the moment it didn't feel very relaxing no it was it was never that relaxing but a little (laughs) even even just a little bit of a sigh of relief felt uh felt major yeah taves had the goal just over two minutes into the game and then another power play goal 12 minutes in and it was Brendan Saad early in the third, second period to put him up 3 nothing. That's when you're like, all right, this is yeah, done. Hosea yeah. made it 4 nothing. And as you mentioned, the Ducks got a couple late goals, uh, one from our current Pudwack, Corey, Corey Perry. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I had uh, 
a buddy of mine who was at that game, and he was sending me like videos of like after every time the Hawks scored, it was like seventy five percent Hawk fans there. Like <laughs> wow. at least that's what it sounded like. Yeah, sure, sure, sure it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, but like the pond in Anaheim's not a big arena to begin with, but there were so many Hawks fans there that like when. He would send me the videos of like after the Taves goals and like it it sounded like you were at the United that's Center, awesome. like and that that's always been uh, something and that's why you know you you still get the people that want to talk about rig draft being rigged and all this nonsense. Blackhawk fans travel, man. You you yeah. can't yeah. tell me that these oh, other yeah. teams don't love a full stadium every once in a while. It, it doesn't matter if it's you know the other team. The, the the whole league does well when the Blackhawks yeah. are, are good. I mean, if you're going to rig it, you want to rig it for somewhere good. You want to rig it for where everybody makes money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I was in Mexico for games five and six of that series. My cousin got married, uh, and I could not say no. I mean, he was my best man, so sure, I had sure. to be there, obviously. Yeah. But we found a, the bar had it on, like, a giant screen just sitting around, like, a tiki bar uh, watching the Hawks. That, I will That's say the uh, the daiquiris certainly helped the stress. Oh yeah, during that game, being at a tiki bar in Mexico, I'm sure <laughs> would be a little bit more relaxing uh, watching a Stanley Cup playoff game. Wasn't bad. Can't complain. <laughs> All right, next up we have uh, 2013 Game Five versus the LA Kings. This is the four uh, three double overtime win. This is the Patrick Kane heartbreaker game mm-hmm. where he again scores a hat trick, eliminating the LA Kings at the United Center. Um, that is, uh, I think when you look at like, uh, iconic Patrick Kane moments on their own, that seems to be aside from the cup winner in 2010, that's, the highlight yeah. that's shown the most mm-hmm. because everybody knew he scored. That was the biggest difference. Everybody helps yeah. celebrate yeah, that, that goal. Certainly helps. Yeah. yeah. Like the 2010 goal, which spoiler alert, we'll talk about here, but nobody in the building except Patrick Kane knew it was in. Right. So that, of course, you know, the big celebration and then you had, uh, you know, the, Kane and Taves doing the uh, Jack, I'm flying uh, impression from <laughs> yeah. Titanic. Uh, great moment. Yeah. I was in the building for that night, too. Just incredible, incredible goal. A great play in overtime. You just, like, you saw him come in on two-on-one, you're like, this is, oh, it's over. It's over. Like, by the time they hit the blue line, you were like, Stanley Cup final, here we come. Oh, yep. a perfect pass, a perfect shot. And after that Detroit series with all the drama and having to come back from 3-1, and then to get through the Kings in five, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, all yeah. right, here we go. Who's next? And then, as we talked about, that Boston series was yeah. was a different beast. So you kind of had like that. I don't want to call it like a break in between the two series, but, but the Kings of all, but, but of all teams. Getting, yeah, right, getting, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they getting were they, they, they were they were the defending Stanley Cup champs. Yeah. Like, but getting through that series in five definitely helped the Blackhawks in the next round. Not really having to play another game or two. Yeah, exactly. Just go, we'll get to it, but just well, eh, I'll save it. Never that mind. wasn't that series the longer of the two conference finals. Didn't Boston sweep in 2013? I have to look. Uncheck I that, but feels right. I think that how they play in the Pittsburgh, right? If my memory serves me correctly, because I because I I remember thinking like you know it'd be nice to get this series over with as quickly as possible. Uh, because of everything you guys just said about, you know, the Detroit series previously and everything. Um, yes, the Bruins swept the Penguins. Yeah. Um, the Bruins had seven games to beat the Maple Leafs. That was that famous. That first, it was yeah. three to one game. Four to one. Four to one. Where the, Get it the, right, Greg. Sorry. I, I can't keep my <laughs> Maple Leafs choke jobs. Uh, 
They're hard. Yeah, they, they run together. They, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah. There's so many of them. Um, they follow the same. Script. So they had seven games to beat Toronto, and then they beat the Rangers in five and the Penguins in four. Yeah. So and the and the Hawks needed seven to beat the Wings, and then five for both the Wild and yeah. uh, Kings and the and, Kings. And I remember this. Uh, I remember this game should have been done in regulation uh, rather than going to double overtime because I think it was Blackhawks had like a like a 3-2 lead, I want to say it was, with like 14 seconds left or something like that. And the Kings scored off a, off a face-off win uh, late in the game to, to send it to overtime. And you were just like, you know, okay, here we go. More overtime yeah. games. And um, I remember, again, for me, remember watching this game. Uh, I was uh, down in this, this area, down here in the West Loop, uh, a, a uh, bar called Jack's Tap. Uh, that has been uh, closed for a few years. But I remember being there because my wife was babysitting for uh, a couple that uh, that she knew that lived in the area. They were going out for a date night, whatever. So I came, you know, so I came down uh, for the game, dropped my wife off at their place, went and watched the game. And as it was going from the uh, first overtime to the second overtime, the couple knew that I was at the bar watching the game because my wife was talking about it. And uh, they come in and they're like, hey, Mario. And I was, I've met them once. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, hi. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know who you are. They're like, oh, well, we, we knew you were here, so we figured we'd just, you know, come in and, and watch the game with you and stuff. I remember they bought, like, a full-on pizza and a round of drinks and stuff. It was very generous of them. Uh, and then, yeah, watched the second overtime, uh, watched uh, the game-winning goal and – the, the place went insane and just uh, one of those again one of those as a fan core memories yeah from from watching that game uh and and being there in that atmosphere and that goal was so quintessential 2013 blackhawks playoffs because bickle sets up the turnover uh getting the puck away from slava voinov couldn't happen to a better guy uh and then and then taze and kane complete the two-on-one um just awesome. Yeah. Just I, awesome. You mentioning the Bruins Penguins brought back memories of I as much as I hate the Pittsburgh Penguins, I wanted them to beat <laughs> You hate everybody. I love it. <laughs> I rightfully it's so. from ninety two. Don't get me man. wrong. It's from ninety two. <laughs> I don't I don't I have I have good reason Rangers. to hate the Penguins. No, Leafs. I agree with you. It's Penguins. Funny. Right. My Rangers hate is irrational. <laughs> that I admit. <laughs> but I had a solid reason to yes. hate the Penguins. They of broke course, my 13-year-old yes, heart. Yes. Yes. But I wanted the Penguins to beat the Bruins. I wanted Blackhawks-Penguins yeah. Stanley Cup final. Yeah. The Crosby tapes yep. in their prime. How yeah. cool would that have been? And been to great. get revenge for 92. Yes. Then maybe I wouldn't hate them so much because I'd be like, all right, now I forgive them. We've beaten them. <laughs> well, at least they got to beat Yager. Yeah, True. I would have liked to be. You don't remember it though. Yeah, he's no, like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. You won that cup. Um, but yeah, I would have. I, that would have been so. I mean, as great as that, that Bruins series was. Yeah. But imagine 2013 Hawks Penguin Cup Final. That would have been um, an amazing. The two series. series I wish that the Blackhawks would have had in a Cup Final during that run would be yes, one with the Penguins and one with the Capitals. I think those Capitals teams yeah. were always yeah. so they good. They never beat the Penguins. The, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, those two teams that they always ran into each other. Yeah, and I also was rooting uh, in 2010 for the uh, Canadians. Yeah, that would have been that cool to have Blackhawks Canadians, and then get the revenge for all the times the Canadians whooped our That'd ass in the 70s yeah. and 50s and no 60s. Yeah, were the Canadians the eight seed? They were. Yeah, yeah, because it was. 
Because it was se- uh, Flyers were seven, seven and eight, and one and two in the West. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy how that works. All right, we're gonna do the top five here in a moment. So stay tuned, and let's see if your predictions are right. We see a couple of them in the chat. A lot of people started guessing right uh, as the direction we're gonna go. And thanks to Young Dangle God for his uh, every show donation of ninety nine yeah. cents. Saying, uh, sounds like this Patrick King guy scores a lot of goals. <laughs> I think the Hawks will consider signing him. Thank you for your dollar donation, yep. young dangle god. I love always. the commitment to the bit. He's putting my kids through college. <laughs> at well, Lewis University? At, at, that's right. Pretty soon, young dangle god is going to have enough super chats that we can go buy a new car. Yeah, and when we're in the, in the market for a new vehicle, you can go visit our friends at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake who have just joined the CHGO team. They are new buddies and pals when it comes to automobiles. At Ray, Chevy, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and find unforgettable savings. And right now, during the uh, Make This Summer event at Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram in Fox Lake, you'll be able to take up to 20% off MSRP on select new 2023 Ram 1500 models. Yeah, but maybe you're thinking the interest rates might be too high. Well, that's not the case at Ray, Chevy, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram because, well, right now, through today, August 31st, you'll be able to get limited time, 0% financing for 72 months on all new models. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, you have to check out the team at Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram because they are the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, you can visit the dealership right there in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com today, serving the community since 1963. And nice. as uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs approach for one team in town, it's time to get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's still summer. we got a really hot weekend coming up, so stock up sure on your do. Aloha shirts your straw hats, your polos, your bags, and everything you need for a game. But as October approaches, it's going to get cold at Wrigley Field. You want to stock up on that warm weather gear as well. Also, for your Bears games, for your Notre Dame games, wherever you might be headed this fall, Chicago's big stock up team. at foco.com. They've also donated a bunch of our set decorations, and we thank them for that. Check out foco.com or click the link in our description below for all non-presale items. Use that promo code CHGO for 10% off at foco.com. Dot com. All right, we are into the top five, recapping 10 through 6. Uh, number 10 was Game 1 versus the Bruins in 2013. Number 9 was Game 4 versus the Avalanche in 1996. Number 8 was Game 6 versus the Canucks in 2009. Number 7 was Game 7 versus the Ducks in 2015. Mm-hmm. And number 6 was Game 5 versus the Kings in 2013, which brings us to the appropriately number number 5. Everyone knows it affectionately. As Nashville game five. Yeah. Yep. Patrick Kane ties the game shorthanded with 14 seconds left. Then Marion Hosa, who is serving a major boarding penalty, comes out of the box, skates directly to the front of the net. The Brent Sopel rebound finds his stick, and he puts the puck in the back of the net. You are very familiar with Marion Hosa celebrating down on his knees, probably showing more emotion in that moment than he showed in, in much of his career. <laughs> uh, the definitive Marion Hosa moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, in a series that was getting away from the Hawks. That, they sucked in that series. Yeah. They sucked in that game, and that was sort of the moment they needed yeah. to pull them out of it. And they kind of, from that moment on, didn't really look back. Can you imagine if they'd end up losing that game? 
how 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 different things could have been. They might have, yeah, they might have been bounced. They're down three two going back to Nashville, where yeah. they had already lost the game, Nashville in in the series. Um, I remember that game. Well, I always remember. It. I could tell when it's going to rain now because when Hostess <laughs> scored, I jumped so high and I. I didn't stick the landing, so Oof. my knee's been a little wonky since then, but Lucky totally injury. worth it. But I remember, like, the last stoppage of play before uh, before they tied the game in the third period, talking to the season ticket holders that sat in the row behind us and kind of, like, shaking each other's hands saying, well, this might yeah. be the last time we see each other next fall. Have a good right. summer if it doesn't happen. And then, like, 12 seconds later, Patrick Kane scored – and the euphoria in the arena, and then it goes into overtime, and it took like three or four minutes. The things settle down, and then you realize, oh crap! The Hawks have like four and a half minutes yeah, of a major to kill yeah. right, to yeah. start overtime. So it was like, oh god, you're on the edge of your seat. And it was Hosa, yeah, in right. the box. You're you know one of your primary. Every killers. time Shea Weber touched the puck near the blue line, oh, it god. was like, oh Jesus, don't don't shoot it, don't shoot yeah. it. And then that play, and that was, was just ridiculous. What was the what year was the USA Canada Olympics? Where Canada 2010. won? 2010. 2010, okay. Yeah. So that was that Olympic year. So it was right after Shea Weber had put a puck through a net. <laughs> right, yeah. Literally through <laughs> a net at the Olympics. Yeah. So he had that looming every time and he my, wound up. My favorite play, when you watched the YouTube highlight of that goal, and you know they show the replay from behind the net to kind of get the crowd reaction, right before they cut away, you see Hosa scores the goal, the place goes nuts, on his way to celebrate, Brent Sopel cross-checks Martin Erat from behind <laughs> and knocks him on his ass and then jumps into the pile for absolutely no reason. He's in the I way. love that play. Shouldn't have been standing it's, there. It's on the official NBC highlight. You see it at the very end. Yeah. Everybody celebrates. He puts his head down, dejected, and boom, he's Take face this. first in the ice. <laughs> While you're at it. Can't, yeah. can't call Pelly now, pal. Yeah, Nope's right. Over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, awesome moment in a, uh, in a dynasty full of great moments. Uh, that brings us to number four, that was, 2015. Uh, that was Patrick Kane's only shorthanded goal ever, I believe. Regular season that or makes postseason. Sense. I mean, what else? Yeah, he's, not gonna, he's, he's not going to kill penalties. Not known for being much <laughs> yeah. of a penalty killer. Yeah. So a good time to get it. Yeah. Uh, number four, game six versus Tampa in 2015. The Hawks finally win the Stanley Cup at home. 2 nothing win. Corey Crawford uh, shuts out the Lightning with 25 saves. Duncan Key scores the game winner. Patrick Kane also scored in that game, and and the Hawks win the Stanley Cup at the United Center. It's bonkers. Just the the third cup in in six seasons. Um, just the the intensity of that. It could have been two nothing Lightning halfway through the first period. Uh, there was at, at least two. Stamkos had that breakaway. Yeah, that really good scoring chances that. I think he did. He hit it off the post. I think so. Yeah. I think there was one he hit off the post. There was another breakaway or a two-on-one chance. Can't remember exactly. Uh, I had a lot of Goose Island that night, um, but there was another chance where Crawford came up with a huge save really early in the game, and it, it completely could have changed. You know the momentum of the game, the way it, the way it went out. Uh, you know we talk about Crawford probably should have had the Conn Smythe in 2013. He had a even though he had a shaky start to the postseason. The way he closed it out, uh, and especially the final stamp, the final game, a shutout in the clinching game, uh, he had a pretty good case for the Smythe again in 2015. Um, and yeah, it just the 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 tense intensity of that game, the war of attrition it ended up being so late in the second period. Then uh, Keith busts through, uh, scores on his own rebound. Uh, just one of my 
one of my favorite uh, goal celebrations because it wasn't anything except just a guttural scream from from Duncan Keith, and you see it uh, in the in the replays of at, right after he scores. Uh, just an, an incredible moment uh, for him, the the crowning moment for his Con Smythe uh, campaign that year. Uh, and then Kane caps it off late in the third with uh, the two nothing goal, no look pass from Brad Richards, uh, who had two assists in that game. Good for him. Uh, Brad Richards revenge game. Yeah, and uh, I remember after Kane scored, uh, so I, I I remember watching this game at the <laughs> the now closed. I, I have a bad Apparently bad you, job of you, closing you show bars. Up to watch a Hawks game <laughs> and they go out of business the yeah. next week. Um, but uh, yeah, the now closed. Uh, uh, I believe it was called the, oh no, Pitchfork Saloon, and uh, after after Kane scored the the two nothing goal, I remember banging on the the bar top so hard that like after I like came down from like celebrating, I looked at my hand and it had swollen up, and I was like, oh, I broke my hand. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if I actually did. I never went to the doctor for it, uh, but it was it was swollen for probably good two three weeks. Is that the, is that the place on Irving Park? It's on Irving Park. Okay. Yeah, it's something else now. It's uh, it's, it's it's a, it's like a pizza bar now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it used to be a, like a barbecue bar. I remember that place. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's where I watched the game six for 2015 and 2013. But it's crazy. It was it was a crazy game and and just the the capping moment for that. Uh, well, what ended up being the capping moment for that dynasty. It was. Um, I was in the building that night, special night. Uh, my mom had gotten. Uh, chummy with a, a ticket agent and was able to get uh, ADA seats. One, you know, she was able to get one game per round. Mm. And she was like, well, what should I get? Should I get games three or four? I was like, no, 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 no. You get game six. She's like, well, I want to be guaranteed I'm, I'm going to a game. I go, mom, what game did they win the cup in 2010? <laughs> six. What game did they win the cup in 2013? Six. Yeah. So yeah. she did it. We were in the building. I remember I got her a little, like this little thing you put on your neck. This is a little, like a like a vial type thing, but you could put ashes in it. So we put some oh, of my nice. dad's ashes to bring in because my parents had season tickets in the 70s. Just being in the building for that. And I wish I could go back and appreciate it a little bit more knowing that, like, that was, that was the last of that run. Mm-hmm. Like, things yeah. changed that summer. And, you know, they never – they haven't won a, a real playoff series since then. It's um, crazy. So I wish, you know, you live in the moment, and you like, it was so cool to be there and see the cup on the ice and the celebration. But just if I knew then that, like, hey, enjoy this a little more, soak it in a bit more because it's not going to happen again for a while. Yeah, well, I think, you know, when we started our season last year in Denver, we wanted we, – <laughs> we tried so hard to tell them – don't take that for granted, what mm-hmm. you just saw, yeah. because you look at the Avalanche, you say, they're going to win 10 consecutive cups. Look at this roster. Well, and then Kraken. injuries happen. And Seattle Kraken said, not this year. Yeah, pals. like yeah. you you never know when that last chance is going to be. And I remember after uh, in 2013 when the Hawks were kind of struggling in a series. It, it was the Detroit series. I was on the air with Hal Barkish, and I go, they better win this because they might not have a chance to win a cup again. And he's like, right. come on, you're kidding yourself. I go, you don't know. You have no idea. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It, it, these opportunities don't happen very often. Look at all the great teams that, like the Capitals, had every opportunity. Every They were so good. They won one. Vancouver, 
They met the Hawks every year and fell short. They lost to the Bruins in the cup final. That was a cup-worthy team. Oh, How yeah. about all those Sharks teams yeah. of the 2000s? Like, they were great, or the 2010s, or others. They, they, they should have won a Stanley Cup or two. Just because you're a really good team doesn't guarantee anything. Yeah, so those Hawks teams in the 90s. Yeah, you, know, you could argue there were some of those Blues teams in the '90s nah. that were right up there. That, that that's good. You could teams. argue. You could argue. You don't have to. Um, you could. But you know, yeah, you don't take it for granted. You know, the Avalanche learned the hard way last year. I don't think they're, you know, I don't think their window is closed by no, any means. No. I have one more for them before their probably, day is done. You know, that I that's they should. It's, it's a that's a bet I would put some money on. Um, but yeah, you never know. I mean. Different sport and a long time ago, but I remember when Dan Marino lost to the, the 49ers in the Super Bowl in his second year, rookie year. It was the year before the Bears won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. 84. And everybody was like, ah, don't worry, Marino. You'll be fine. You're going to have plenty more chances. He never sniffed another Super Bowl. Nope. No. So you got to win it when you're there because you never know. So many things that go wrong, especially in such a random physical sport like hockey. Well, it can fall apart just as fast as you got it. Think about a guy like Yarmir Yager. He won two when he was what nineteen and yeah, twenty years before old. He was twenty, and, he and then never that was won it. One. And you he, know, he got yeah. to the final Tried forty more times. Yeah, what got to the it? final in twenty thirteen. Uh, but as far as I can recall, that was the only time he did. Yeah. After that, so well, I mean, you look at Hosta too before he joined the Hawks. Yeah. Is he loses to Detroit and Pittsburgh, then loses to Pittsburgh and Detroit, and that picture of him just sitting on the ice, like, what do I got to do? Right. To get a Stanley Cup, come to Chicago. Yeah, that'll help. You'll it get worked three. Worked out well for him. It yeah. did work out well. Uh, speaking of three, that brings us to number three on our list. Uh, I know some people might take issue with this not being number one, and it's understandable. But remember, it's memorable. Uh, game six versus the Flyers. Hawks win the Stanley Cup 4-3 in overtime, their first cup since 1961. Patrick Kane puts it behind Blackhawks legend Michael Layton, and the <laughs> celebration is on. Then it's not on. Then it's back on. It's on again. Uh, my, my, my favorite thing again. about that was, and it fits his personality so well, is everybody celebrating except Taves? Taves yeah. is like hugging somebody, and he's like, "Just making sure, gotta make sure, I yeah. gotta make sure this is cool." Yeah. And finally, uh, they get the confirmation on the bench uh, from a video coach, and they all go nuts and yeah. start celebrating. I, that's another thing is as, as I revisited that DVD a couple, uh, probably a month or two ago when we talked about it on the anniversary, is they show Mike Haviland and Quinville and uh, Torch on the bench. And they're all looking at the, I don't know if it's an iPad or whatever, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, they start, yeah. you know, they start to celebrate <laughs> after they see that it goes in. Uh, awesome memory. I mean, the first cup since 61, and maybe our, we're, our distance from it, um, you know, has taken away some of the, the romance of it. But I think when you hear number two and number one, you'll see why we chose this one as number three. Yeah. Did anyone have this as number one? No. I had this as number two on my personal okay. list. I had this all the way down at number five. Okay. Oh, interesting. Interesting. That's why it comes in at number three. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's that the, the memory of the game-winning goal, the wonky celebration. Um, that series was an incredible series. Uh, two physical teams – uh, a couple of high-scoring games, some really crazy back-and-forth games. Um, and I just remember, you know, throughout that series, some of the, you know, some of the mini battles that within the, the series as a whole that became memorable, especially, uh, you know, Dustin Bufflin throughout that postseason. Yeah. You know, a big coming-out party, and then, you know, the, the battle between him and Pronger throughout the uh, the playoffs was, or th- throughout the final series was, was just awesome. And, 
Yeah, I mean, that game, I mean, it was an, another one where the Blackhawks had an opportunity to be done with it in regulation, but uh, Flyers tied it late. Um, I just remember watching the game uh, at my parents' house and, uh, you know, watching the game. I had the same reaction, I think, as many people did. It was just like, what? why are they celebrating? Yeah. Where's the puck? Like, they, didn't, they didn't say it was a goal, but I remember my dad just being just running around our living room just like no it went in it went in he scored he scored and i'm like what are you talking about and then i see the replay and i'm like oh it did he scored he scored <laughs> and i just start running around too and it just uh yeah just uh, you know an, an awesome uh personal memory uh of watching that game and yeah i mean this the the multiple celebrations the the goal call that thankfully doc emmerich got a second chance yeah, to uh, <laughs> yeah. uh to do but um yeah, it's just it's it's just one of those things. And one thing that I like remember from watching and, and seeing the highlights over and over and over over the years, um, Eddie Olchek was uh, the color commentator on on that game for for NBC. And uh, as they're watching the replay, I I I would love to ask him, but I don't know if he turned off his mic or if he just kind of stopped his comment. But as they, as you see the puck, the overhead camera angle cross the line, he goes, "Oh, that puck is in that puck," and just stops. And I wonder if he turned off his mic to kind of, you know, give a little actual fan, you know, Blackhawk uh, fan reaction while he was in the booth. Because I gotta imagine, interesting. Yeah. He, uh, I never he, noticed he had that. A little I'm, gonna, bit of I'm that. gonna go back and check that out now. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the John Whiteman Troy Murray call of that play is fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, it's I love, in. It's in. I love. I love what that they always still play that uh call you know in the pregame package well, you hear the joy from troy murray oh yeah he's like, kind of giggling a little yeah. bit like just like, like a kid <laughs> yeah and and just like everybody else i mean i was in a crowded bar it was at the edison park inn and just standing there nerves and then you know okay and i'm like wait everybody in the place like what what the hell is, what are these <laughs> idiots doing and then as like it just built and built and yeah. then finally you were like you know it, it was memorable i just wish it was a little more like yeah like a bottle popper like yeah like you know? something <laughs> where you could like go crazy where you see that yeah. you see the puck actually hit the net or something yeah you know? like i mean we got a couple of those moments coming up where <laughs> yeah, we got sure. we got no our doubters. money's worth yeah yeah but it was just kind of like oh okay the first cup in 49 years and it yeah. That's that's how it ends. Like not disappointed, but just kind of like, okay, yay, delayed. Good, go Blackhawks! And I remember once everybody started celebrating and was going crazy. After a couple minutes, I I went outside and and called my dad. Yeah, because I knew like if I don't get him in the next three minutes, he's gonna be in bed. You know, <laughs> my dad was the kind of guy like, oh hey, cool, they won, click, I can, I'm going to bed. Yeah, and that yeah. was that was I, I'm glad I did because that was the only of the three cups that my dad was around for. So it was kind of cool. And it was yeah. like just a one-minute conversation. My That's dad right. was not a man it's all of words. To be. But it was like, hey, Blackhawks won. He's like, yeah, they did. Okay, talk to you later. <laughs> <All right>. well, <laughs> like something like that. Up. well, see you later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm laughing because Zach Osborne says Pronger is Pudwack patient zero. <laughs> that, that cracked <laughs> me up. Good. Uh, That's good. So, yeah, we all have good memories of that. So uh, that game, my daughter was two weeks old. She was actually due on June 8th but was born May 22nd. Uh, so Hope and I were both physically and mentally exhausted, and both of us had the flu. Oh, wonderful. And for those that don't know, my wife and I started dating by going to Hawks games together in the dark ages. I was a big Hawks fan, and our mutual friend introduced us and said, hey, you both love the Hawks. You guys should meet. And 
there you have it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we were at every game of the Alexei Jaminov era. Like we, because it was eight bucks with your student ID. Sure, what else right. are we gonna do? So we went to all the games we could, and you know that was always like a huge part of our relationship was the Blackhawks. Like John Wideman emceed our wedding, <laughs> the groomsmen all came out in Hawks jerseys. Like it's always been a huge part of our life. And she was so sick, and she was at her parents' house so the parents could watch Addie. And she's like, I was just so glad I was over so I can go to bed. Mm-hmm. And I had the flu, too, and I almost passed out in a shower. And I called Mitch Rose, and I'm like, I don't know if I can do a show. He's like, you have to be here. Like, he wasn't being a dick about it. He no. was just like, there's no way they can. this could happen tonight, and you're not going to be here. Like, you got to be here. Like, yeah. if you can be here, please, please, please be here. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. So, um, Matt Cole and I are watching the game in the conference room, and we're supposed to be on the second the game ends. We're supposed to take is you know yeah. so someone can see goals in turn the radio on and we're there that was the idea um which is why i was a little bit insane in the early days of chg like come on we gotta get on we gotta get on we don't have to do it like that um but i was just like the whole show was a daze oh yeah you know and i just remember it's your flu game yeah the, yeah right the jays <laughs> was yeah, michael game. jordan <laughs> yeah but i just remember uh towards the end he matt kind of gave me the floor and i started talking about my daughter being born and my wife and like all the friends we had made along the way, <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> like at the United, you make friends yeah. in these times of trial and just being at Hawks games when there's 6,000 people in there, you get to know mm-hmm. people well, oh, yeah. many of which I'm still friendly with to this day. And, uh, all that stuff kind of comes flooding back to you in those moments. So, uh, it, I, we all had a different magical moment, you know, and, uh, that, that's mine, but just like, it's funny. I always say I'm glad that my daughter had been born because emotionally I don't know if I could have handled a Hawk Stanley Cup. I always sort of envisioned what it would be like if they won when I was younger. I'm like, God, oh, they'd yeah, have yeah. to pull me out of the building. I'd be a big puddle of tears. But then you have a baby and like priority shifts immediately, mm. you know, and it just becomes a secondary thing. So I think it happened for a reason. So I could actually yeah. <laughs> absorb such a moment. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. We're going to get to the top two here. Number two. This to me. As a longtime Hawks fan, Game 7 versus Detroit, the Hawks win 2-1 in overtime, coming back from 3-1 down in the series. Nicholas Jalmerson, of all people, seems to give the Hawks the lead late in the game, but an offsetting penalty off the play. Brandon Sod and Kyle Quincy tied up along the boards. The goal is waved off. Such a soft call. It was just brutal. Just a terrible effing call, especially yeah. in the context of where it was happening. Yeah. The context of the game. Saad never did anything. He got tackled by Quincy. Right, yeah. It shouldn't have been offset. If anything, no. it should have been a power play for the Hawks. Right. Uh, which would have been a delayed penalty, which would have led to the goal anyway. Right. Yada, yada. Uh, but Brent Seabrook, of course, as he always does, rises to the occasion and uh, gets a little deflected shot past Chris Osgood. Yeah. No, Jimmy Howard. Jimmy Howard. And the, uh, I got my average Red Wings goalies mixed up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the Hawks win the series. Yeah. And go on to win the cup. Yeah, uh, just one. Uh, we talked about it with our, you know, our top defenseman uh, discussion of if that goal for Jalmerson uh, stands. Seabrook doesn't have probably the biggest goal he ever scores in his career, and and Jalmerson has a, a big memory and how that might change their legacies. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that was uh, that was a series that you know at that time, like you like you mentioned earlier, like you don't know when you're gonna you know where you're when you're going to get back. Uh, to uh, have an opportunity to be the team that they were, that President's Trophy winning team, the team that started 
24 straight games without losing in regulation, um, just you know, in that in that shortened season, just being world beaters, you being down three one to the Red Wings of all of all teams yeah. in the second round, uh, such a like, uh, you know, you know, tense, tight feeling, and uh, you know, to have it all kind of come out in that game seven, that overtime winner for Seabrook, where he's in the in the dog pile, just like ah, yeah. like. Everyone felt that way, and well, the Wings have been kicking in the nuts for two decades. Oh, right, they yeah. knocked you out of the uh, you know the co- the conference final a few years earlier. And you're mm-hmm. like these frickers, they just go away. They beat, and it, they beat you at the Winter Classic, you're and right. it was yeah. the the last time that those two teams would would yeah. meet in the postseason they unless cried. it was a Cup final. Yeah, they cried their way to the Eastern Conference, <laughs> and we knocked their asses out it's of the West. It's too late for us. <laughs> yeah, go play your early games, losers. Get the hell out of yeah. our arena. But as you mentioned, like that 2013 regular season was just like a wrecking ball and then you know you breeze through the 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 minnesota wild you pretty much get a first round by having to face the wild that <laughs> so year sad. um it's okay little guys uh, <laughs> and then then you're down three one of the wings you're like no yeah this season cannot end to this effing team no, it, anyone, anyone but it. them we can't do it i remember going to game five and just being like not tonight we're not shaking hands tonight. Not in our building. And they won that game. I think Bickle had a big goal that game. Yep. And then game game uh, six in Detroit was. Why do I remember a Michael Hanzu's goal? Because he scored. Because yeah. he scored. Right. Yep. He scored the goal to go up. Uh, I think it was three two. Yeah. And then um, Frolik had the penalty shot where he goes by the bench. He's like, wee. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great gift. Yeah. Uh, Someone uh, made it into like the Red Wings like, playing playing instruments. Yeah, they're playing <laughs> accordions and tubas. Yeah, right. yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great one. Um, almost as good as the Oli Jokin and Waffle gift. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> the all-time greatest hockey gift. Uh, that's our next list. Top 10, yeah, hockey, top 10, gifts. 10 hockey gifts. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and that night, you know, being in the building again for that game, when Jarmelson scored, the place is going nuts. And oh, then all yeah. of a sudden – you're, and of course, when you're there alive, you don't get the benefit you of the announcer. Yeah. Nobody knew what was going on, and like no one was celebrating. It went to it went to overtime, and like you knew if the Red Wings scored, Stephen Walken was going to need a police escort out yeah. of the building. God. People were coming for him because they showed the replay of the penalty on the on the jumbotron, and everybody was like, "What the f is that?" Talking hot play. garbage yeah. happens all the time. And yeah. Thankfully, it worked out. Seabrook scored the goal because had that gone the other way because of that penalty, I mean, it's just going to be one of those devastating losses that you never get over. Yeah, I mean, it's just for the younger people watching this who don't really have the scars built up from the years of the Red Wings just clobbering the Blackhawks. And even like we're talking about the Iserman Fedorov era, the Hawks could have a game. They'd be up like 3-1 with two minutes left, and Detroit would find a way. They yeah. always found a way, and it was just like, oh, my God. And mm-hmm. it's your main rival having all this success and all the fame, and like it was just so frustrating. Yeah. And, and it, to have them finally take them down, and it was it so symbolic. Because for you know the 90s and the 2000s when the, the 2000s when the, when the Red Wings were dominating, like – all of Downers Grove is from Detroit. So, yeah. like, the United Center was, like, 85% yeah. Wings well, and, fans. And Wirtz used to sell – Wirtz would sell tickets to Detroit fans first. He would sell, like, bus tours to the yeah. stadium yeah. or United Center well, because so was, Wings fans could jump only, in before the, the general on sale. It was the only two games of the year where he had a full house. Yeah. 
but to listen to all these people living in Naperville and Lyle, all the Western, all these people from Detroit that moved down to Chicago because we actually had jobs, and uh, you know to, you know, to listen to them for years and their arrogance. Yeah, Red Wings. Well, it's a hockey town. You have to beat us. Guess what? We just did. did. Now get your ass to the Eastern Conference. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. See ya. Bye forever. See you later forever. And that play that uh, that Seabrook scores on uh, features our favorite uh, double agent of Tomas Tatar and Gustav Nyquist. David Boland put uh, Nyk. Night tar. He put night tar into the boards. Tarquist. And uh, yeah, just one of those plays where I was just like, man, if that's a regular season game, that might be a penalty. <laughs> but uh, they, they let it go, and yeah, Seabrook scored. Yep. Yeah, it's, you let things go when you screw the team over two minutes prior. So yeah, yeah. Makeup, the ultimate makeup. You let, you let them have one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, we're going to get to number one here in a second, but uh, first we're going to tell you about our friends at Shady Rays. Yes, I've got all the rays for you today. Once <laughs> all I, of your rays. Yes, I have all your rays handled. I, I'm friends with lots of guys named Ray. Some of them sell you cars. Others sell you the best pair of sunglasses you're ever going to wear. I know it's been cool the last couple of days here in Chicago, but the hot weather is coming back. Labor Day weekend is going to be a hot one, so get on, take on that evil hot sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for that warm weather with their premium polarized shades that come at, guess what, a very affordable price. Mm -hmm. Shady Rays is my favorite independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's even better than any expensive pair I've ever worn. Their durable frames and extremely clear optics are perfect for all your outdoor adventures. And they give you the most insane uh, protection program in all of eyewear every pair of their awesome sunglasses are backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose your pair even on day one they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair no questions asked hey if you break your pair because you're celebrating an overtime playoff goal they go off flying off your face and get smashed shady rays <laughs> is going to send you a brand new pair to replace those you're going to look good you're going to feel good because together with their customers shady rays are providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the u.s through the Shady Rays Impact Program. They're doing everything from building play sets for pediatric cancer, pediatric cancer patients, slow down, to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, but you're going to, trust me on that, but just in case you don't, you're going to be able to exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop and even better they're giving you their best deal of the season just for our lovely chgo listeners go to shadyrays.com throw two or more pairs of their great sunglasses in your cart use the promo code chgo at checkout and you're going to get half off that order so you can finally get yourself a pair of the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people mm -hmm. and i mentioned back in the day going to hawks games with my student id if Lewis University, they do a lot of things right, but that student ID lasted well after I was out of college. Does it still Getting work? me into yeah. Hawks games for very, very cheap for about a decade. <laughs> I used the Columbia College ID uh, into my mid-20s yeah. to save money. Thank you, Lewis. You yes. basically paid your tuition back in, in Hawks discounts. <laughs> but students just like you with full-time jobs, families, and full-time sports fandoms are going back to school to get themselves a respected degree at my beloved alma mater, Lewis University. It's 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville. 
and it's ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening, online, and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. You guys, when you were in college, have, like, the adult students that were, like, way too into it? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, can everyone just pump the brakes and, like, let us sleep off our hangovers and stop raising your hand all the time? Couple Thank times, you. yeah. Yeah. If Couple. you go back to Lewis and you're an adult student, like, just chill. All right, <laughs> give give the give the normies a little bit of space. Yes, don't keep don't. the hand down. Maybe like thirty percent answer rate instead of a hundred percent adult students. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, behave yourselves at Lewis. But their faculty brings real world experience and instruction to the classroom, which is relevant to you in your new career or career you are improving upon. If you're looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right one for you. We talked earlier this week about uh, the computer science program. Cybersecurity is a, Lewis is a Department of Homeland Security Center of Academic Excellence. They got business analytics, finance, MBA, project management. The sky's the limit for you at Lewis University. Go to lewisu.edu slash you can do this for all the information and discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Again, it's Lewisu dot edu slash you can do this and for those that don't know it's l-e-w-i-s yes not l-o-u-i-s l-e-w-i-s-u dot Louis. Louis. not louis yeah yeah right speaking of uh sleeping off hangovers goose island hey they uh they provided me a massive hangover in the uh 2015 cup final for sure uh but they are the best beer around. They have been Chicago's beer since 1988, and they are the proud beer sponsor of us here at CHGO. And if you uh, want to argue with that, argue with this. They're illustrious Whoa. beer roster of uh, the Goose IPA, the six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest, always in style with a citrus aroma and bold hop finish. You got the Tropical Beer Hug, the Dry Hopped Imperial IPA. That is a 9.9 ABV. That is dangerously easy to drink. You got the full pocket pills, the everyday beer. It is what the Goose Island beer brewers are drinking. And, of course, you have the golden cans of 312, their wheat ale, their staple of their year-round roster. Of course, as the uh, weather starts to change, as we go from this is the last day of August, uh, as we go into September, that means it's Oktoberfest season, so be on the lookout for Goose Island's Oktoberfest coming uh, at you pretty quickly here. Uh, and then as we get into the colder months, you got the Bourbon County Stouts that are going to be coming out. Uh, so those nice dark beers on those uh, early dark evenings from Goose Island, uh, those will be going down smooth. You can grab ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers like these at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park. Or you can go to their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town. Again, that is the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. All right, it's time to reveal number one on our list of most memorable Blackhawks uh, playoff games. Should we reveal our personal top tens, some, sure, some selections that. that didn't make That's the list? Idea. I like that idea. I'm glad we talked about it and I forgot. <laughs> I'll go quickly. Uh, eight of the ten that I, uh, that I had ranked are on this list. Uh, my number one is, uh, spoiler alert, coming up. Uh, but I had th- my top three were all three cup-clinching wins. Uh, I had Nashville Game 5 as number 4 and Detroit Game 7 in 2013 as number 5. The two games that uh, I had that didn't land on the list, uh, I had the 2010 Stanley Cup Final Game 1 because it was, one, it was a crazy game, and two, it was this team is in the in, in the cup final. It was one of those like arrival moments. Like, sure. the, like the Winter Classic was an arrival moment yeah. early on. 
That was another one. Uh, and then 2015 uh, versus Anaheim game two, the longest playoff yeah. game in Blackhawks history, the triple overtime game that was won by Marcus Kruger, Marcus Kruger late zoom, in the third zoom. overtime. Uh, yeah. We all had the same number one. Uh, this was one of two lists that we had the unanimous number one. Duncan Keith was our unanimous number one for defenseman, and I don't think we <laughs> have to tell you what number one is here. Otherwise, my top seven all made the list. I had Detroit number two. I had Nashville game five number three ahead of both the Tampa and the Philly victories just because that game was yeah. so important to the dynasty. I had three games that didn't make the list, uh, all from the 90s. Uh, nine, number eight on my list was 1995 game four versus Vancouver. Chris Chelio scores in overtime for the second straight game to sweep Vancouver on their mm -hmm. home ice. Uh, I had 1996 back to that Colorado series. I had the game before game three, number nine, the Sergey Kriever Krasov yeah. overtime winner. That was such a little fun floater. Very similar to the Ben Eager go against yep, the Flyers. Just <laughs> sometimes, you know, you, you fool the best with a change up and that's exactly Put what happened. And that sometimes puck go in. That's so that, that was says. such a fun game. And that was when you were like, oh my God, they might win this series. And then as we talked about, didn't so much happen. And number 10 on my list was uh, 1994 game six versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. It was a playoff loss, but it was the last game ever at the Chicago Stadium. Uh, it's just a uh, disappointing way to go out, but... Derek King know, scored that last Derek, goal, right? Yeah, Derek King was the last goal scorer in the Chicago Stadium, yeah. You know the last goal scorer in Maple Leaf Garden history? Bob Probert. That's right, Bob Probert. Derek King also had the last goal in Maple Leaf Garden, too, that same game. He's got that? the last goal in each one of those buildings. Take that, Derek King haters. Yeah. <laughs> Back when he had the, um, the, the lettuce. Long hair, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he ever had lettuce. Yes, he did. Yeah, 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 he had long hair. He had long, long hair. red hair sticking uh, out of his uh, yeah, right. helmet for most of his career. Yeah. You yeah. had him on, on the hits. Didn't he have the... No, nah, everyone had the same hair. Um, <laughs> it was like block hair. Yeah. Like <laughs> like <laughs> <Lego> square. <laughs> um, all right, I had... We all the same number one, which we're about to reveal. Number two for me was the Detroit Game 7, Seabrook. Uh, 2010, cup win was number three. The Kane Hattrick against LA in 2013 was four. Hawks beating Tampa was number five. Nashville game five was number six. Then I had that game in 96, a triple overtime loss to the Avalanche. Number eight, I had the Dirk Graham hat trick in 92, uh, game four. Then number nine, I had the 2010 Dustin Bufflin hat trick against the Canucks in game three. Yep. And then I felt like I needed to have something old in there. So in 1961, the Blackhawks <laughs> beat the Red Wings to win the Stanley Cup. So hey, anytime you beat the Red Wings to win the Cup, it's a good day. That's right. Yeah. So there's my top Maybe ten. Maybe it'll happen in the future. What? So maybe that'll happen again in the future. That would be lovely. Now nah, the imagine th the Yeiser plan is is overrated. It's imagine Bedard lifts the cup in Chicago against the Red Wings and no, do it in Detroit. And and DeBrincat's on that team. Yeah. Oh. Do it in Detroit oh. so DeBrincat can cry in his hometown. I'm so excited. Easy. Yeah, easy, easy. <laughs> oh, you see, DeBrincat's wearing like number ninety three. Yeah, he's the year he was born, I think. Cool. Um, no, okay, number no. one on our list. No surprise. No, he's not that old. Game six versus the Bruins. 17 seconds. I mean, you say 17 seconds, and every Blackhawks fan knows what you're talking about. I mean, about. there's I can't say the number 17 without following it. No, yeah, seconds found that out yesterday. Yeah, I, lived, I forget <laughs> what we were talking 17 something. I said 17 seconds. 17 cents a day was our uh, yeah, diehard discount for 17 seconds a day. You can yeah. be a diehard. Like, I can't say 17 <laughs> without following it. Yeah, by seconds, just a surreal moment. You talk about that 2010 goal. This was incredible because I was in the same bar, same table. We went to the same place. We went to the, made Good sure luck. we're sitting at the same. Like, hey, yeah. we're not screwing this up. 
we'll have to do a, a playoff show from there. Yeah, for sure. They're still in business. Um, in Edison Park? Yeah, because well, yeah, Mario hasn't been there for a Hawks game, so they're still in business. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to wait outside. Maybe, maybe <laughs> they don't want to have him in. You're I'll, gonna, I'll go somewhere you'll else. call in from the United yeah, States. Exactly. Yeah. They don't want you there, just in case. Uh, but I remember, you know, the first goal going in, the Bickle goal, um, you know, People going crazy. Yeah. They've tied and it. Bickle like the raw with the teeth missing, and, and yeah. everybody was still celebrating. And like I think half the people thought the bowling goal was just a replay of the replay. Bickle goal. Yeah, but people are still high five, and I'm like, wait, 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 everybody, look, look, it's about <laughs> to happen again, and they scored. And I love part of the reason why Dave Bull is one of my all time favorite Hawks is just throws the gloves off. He thinks he's like, oh, wait, it's not overtime. I don't care. We're going to win this game. Like, so yeah. it went from the span, literally the span of 17 seconds of the Blackhawks being down a goal with an extra attacker on to now the Bruins down a goal having to put an extra attacker on. And just the stunned Bruins fans. Yeah. Oh, and Claude Julien just like. Yeah. yeah. And you could still find it on YouTube. I think the Chicago Tribune put it together. There's a video the side by side. of a bar in Chicago oh, yeah. and a bar in Boston of all the goals. And watching the Chicago reaction and the Boston reaction to the 17 seconds, oh, I inject it right into my veins. I had a so one-on-one good. version of that because yeah. I was in Boston for the series, but I was doing the postgame show. So I was at uh, WEEI Studios, and I was in one studio behind glass and there was a Boston DJ behind the other glass and we could see each other and we're both watching. We can't hear each other. Yeah. We're both watching a game on a TV and kind of not really acknowledging each other, but kind of like <laughs> at the same time acknowledging each other. Yeah. And he was, you know, strutting, standing tall. Like he's watching the end of the game with his arms crossed, like kind of nodding. He's got his jersey on his hat backwards and then Bickle scores and then he like sits down and then Bowen scores and I just see him. He's got his head down on the oh, desk man. and I'm just like, let me put my headphones on and get ready to do this post-game <laughs> show. I'm ready to do a victory, victory <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah. Yeah. No Welcome to Victory Lounge. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's just so many great memories uh, tied to all these games. Even, you know, even the even the loss. You know, I was at that game in, against Colorado with my dad. And I just, you know, he had to work in the morning. I just begged him, like, please, we can't leave. Don't make me leave. He's like, I'm not making <laughs> you leave. We're, we're not going anywhere. Right. And we were the only people left uh, in his little – he had a little uh, box with his company. And, uh, man, we were the only people left in there. And it was a painful memory, but one I'll never forget. So I yeah. uh, hope you enjoyed this show. It was a lot of fun to do. Tomorrow uh, might be a little more painful. We've got <laughs> the most memorable trades. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, there's yeah. a lot more bad trades than good trades on that list because, well, the Blackhawks had a knack yes, of making sure bad yeah. trades. They sure did. Let's so hope they've uh, got that out of their system. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, so we're back tomorrow at 2. A uh, little bit of a reminder, we've still got our uh, CHGO Locker sale going on. Uh, shirts are $24 at chgolocker.com. Diehards, you will save uh, 20% as always, even with the sale price. And we want to thank everybody who became a diehard over the last two days when we had our massive diehard sale. Um, that's yeah. unprecedented. Awesome. And I think the response was really, really good. So hopefully... Yep. It can happen more often if the response is really good. Yeah. So. Welcome, welcome to our new diehards, including our neighbor uh, across yeah. the alley. Sure, what's up? You watching today? He was out he, there. He, he was out his, there. He had, his, he had his normal two eleven cigarette. Okay, right on schedule. <laughs> All right, maybe he's watching seventeen seconds on his laptop. And we just can't see it. Um, but anyway, we appreciate everybody being with us. Make sure you smash that like button on the way out, and we'll talk to you tomorrow at two as we wrap up Rank Week with the most memorable trades in Blackhawks history. This has been the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. <laughs>